Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Of Scouts Honor Productions. He is already doing an astounding job for us, so I'm so glad, so glad he's here. But we have uh, three panelists um, with us, and we have Catherine Monet. She is the chief executive officer of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. We also have Ralph Cooper, a community and residential veteran services coordinator, Cloudbreak Houston, LLC, and co-founder of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. We also have Michael Blecker, who is the CEO of Swords to Plowshares and a founder of NCHV. We are so honored to have all three of you here. First of all, thank you for your service to our service members and their families, because you not only take care of just our veterans, but you take care of entire families by doing what you do. And today's discussion is talking about aging Veterans experiencing homelessness, and uh, you know, I was um, I had a couple of time periods in my life where I was homeless, and uh, I was young, so I could bounce back. But I can't ex- imagine at my age right now um, going through homelessness and what that means to a person's life. So, thank you, thank you, all three of you for being on. Uh, I open up to you, Catherine, uh, first, and you can uh, you know introduce uh, uh, some some concepts and uh, have Ralph and. Uh, Michael, uh, sort of uh, talk about this whole thing about aging veterans experiencing homelessness. Well, first of all, thank you for having all of us. It's so great to see you every month. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that, you know, we've been struggling with as a field serving veterans experiencing homelessness is that there is this cohort of veterans that sort of moves through the system and They've been homeless for quite some time. They are still homeless, and they're getting a lot older. And so when you look at our population, I think the veteran population experiencing homelessness tends to be a little bit older than the civilian population experiencing homelessness, but they do also come with some unique, you know, service challenges where you're trying to find services to meet both their housing needs and the needs that come with, you know, advanced aging. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, so, so what right now, what is, uh, is the crux of this problem, uh, Ralph? Because I know you're, you know, you have your boots on the ground in the community um, with uh, Cloudbreak Houston, and you see this on a daily basis. Um, so, so what do you think um, is causing, why, why is it that even with advancing age, you know, we're supposed to have Social Security, supposed to have all these things that are benefits for people who are advancing age. And, you know, we have AARP out there helping. And so what is the special uh, needs of this population of people who are aging uh, and they're still homeless? Uh, well, thank you, Colonel. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate to have Michael Blecker on with us. And uh, as far as statistics and and kind of giving you that kind of situation, I want to just read to you a little story of an Army veteran that Andrea Morales from KHN wrote. 
Army veteran Eugene Milligan is 75 years old and blind. He uses a wheelchair since losing half his leg to diabetes and gets dialysis for kidney failure. He has struggled to get enough to eat. Earlier this year, he ended up in the hospital after burning himself, boiling water for oatmeal. A long stay caused the Memphis vet to fall off of charity roll for homeless, delivered meals on wheels, so he couldn't get any food. Many times I felt like I was starving, he said. There's neighbors that need food, too. There's people at dialysis that need food. There's hunger everywhere. Mm-hmm. Millions of seniors across the country quietly go hungry as a safety net designed to catch them sprayed. Now, 80% of the Americans 60 and older were food insecure, right? Yes. And we wonder why seniors who don't have consistent access to enough food for a healthy life, why this has doubled since 2001. So while the plight of hungry children elicit support and can get be tackled at school, the plight of hungry older Americans and veterans is shrouded by isolation in the generation's pride. Wow. So, you know. What a uh, statement. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, Go ahead, Ralph. We can, so we can see that... Um, you know, there's been a reduction in the number of homeless veterans since uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but um, we have older veterans who are still uh, suffering. Um, the, the Vietnam generation nearing their mid-60s and increasing numbers of women serving in the military, these populations are among the most vulnerable to homelessness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not only the war, it's all of these other issues as well uh, here in America that causes these old people. Now, you know, I can say old people because next month, the 3rd of July, I'll turn 80. <laughs> so look, I, I, this scares me because all it takes is my wife kicking me out. <laughs> and I'm in terrible <laughs> I live in fear of that every day. <laughs> uh, but that's a, but that's a great, great. Uh, but that was a great, great uh, summary of someone's life and how they actually intimately involved in the, the 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 bad consequences of not having access to food, of also being homeless. And uh, you know, when you start thinking about, you already have a few strikes against you when you're going for dialysis. I mean, so the only time you get to get to a, sit in a seat, and sometimes they'll give you a sandwich there, is when you have to have you have to have kidney failure and be in a dialysis chair to get at least some attention, right? So other than that, what right. you're saying, you're out in the street by yourself, and so Michael, isolated, you, right? Yes. So, Michael, you know, swords to plowshares. I mean, I'm wondering how many jobs you have because you, you, it seems like you have done a lot for veterans uh, from that and being the founder of NCHV. So what is your perspective on this whole thing? What do you think the problem is and what should we be doing to pay attention to this? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on the show. And I, I think Ralph did sum it up nicely, uh, you know, and and. You know, he's right. I mean, we've been able to really reduce the number of, of unsheltered vets on the street, but those 
who are unsheltered are sheltered where in these some of these housing programs. And in our case, we've been we've housed almost 550 veterans uh, in San Francisco, and 40 um, percent of them are 62 years of age. And what we've discovered is is it, it's it's true. Maybe they're no longer homeless, but uh, you know they are. They remain isolated. They're in this housing, depending on you know where your housing is. In our case, in an urban area like San Francisco, they're in these. Many of them are, are, are projects, these single-room occupancy hotels. And uh, they have, you know, we're seeing that, you know, there's there's just not enough, like, wraparound care for them. Uh, some of them are funded through uh, rental subsidies by the VA VASH program. And uh, there is some mandated case management there, but it's not there for weekends and evenings. And it's not really near enough care that you would want You'd want, you know, your 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 family, your community is taken care of. So we're talking about these seniors who are have advanced conditions, as Ralph was saying. I mean, they're not just, you know, Vietnam veterans who are in their seventies, but if they spend any time in the street, they prob they're probably their health conditions are ten years older than their age. So they have these advanced conditions. And uh everyone, you know, they're all like suffering pain and restrictions in movement. Everyone is all the all all those who are in that age group, and all those who literally have spent time on the street are suffering from, as you mentioned, the dialysis issue with uh, with uh, diabetes, issues with neuropathy, mm-hmm. issues with uh, chronic pulmonary dis- dysfunction, but just a range of these conditions, including issues around depression and mental health problems, and so you can't just put them in a room and then just maybe do a wellness check once a week. Yeah. These folks need in-home supports. They need what would you want folks to have? You want folks to have some specialized geriatric care because that's what they need. A lot of them have these multiple medications. Do they have any medication management? Not enough. Mm-hmm. So what we discovered is, okay, maybe they're now housed, but while they're housed, they're not getting the care you would want any senior to have, especially those who have these, you know, comorbidities. Um yeah. And that's what we're seeing in San Francisco and in the program we have. Yes, yeah. You know, you made me have a little bit of a flashback to, you know, when I first started with, uh, you know, looking at a medical field and, and, and you know, pursuing this kind of uh, discipline. Uh, you know, I was back in high school and I volunteered about 2,000 service hours to a uh, hospital system where we had senior citizens. And mm-hmm. I learned so much from them. And, and one of the things that I think we do is we, we uh, end up producing these jewels in our society. And then we just start throwing them into the dirt. You know, we don't really pay attention to them. And I remember this one um, uh, martial arts story. I tell it really quickly. Uh, but there was one martial arts master who was walking with his students one day. And they, uh, they were asking him, so why is it that people, you know, uh, treat the, you know, the elderly so bad and they started giving their theories on it and their ideas and he stopped and had them, you know, g- uh, get a cup of tea. So all of them had a cup of tea they were walking with, uh, you know, so they were walking and uh, he didn't say anything to them about his opinions. And then they said, so what do you think? What is the problem? Why are we facing this? You know, and so the instructor, he said, the answer lies behind you. And they all turned and he said, what are you talking about? The clouds, the lake, the water, the trees? What are you talking about? And he said, no, 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 it's on the ground. And they said, they looked and they said, what are you talking about? The, you know, the grass, what are you talking about? And he said, no, 
the cups, all of you dropped a perfectly good cup on the ground once you finished it, uh, drinking your tea and thought that it had no more further use. And he said, that's how you treat your elderly in this country. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's really kind of a moral imperative that we start changing the paradigm and our collective consciousness thinking about what it means to be older in this society. And then it's even a, a more of a, a egregious act to go and do something to, and not to provide the services to our veterans who put their life on the line so you could even live. So that 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 is really uh, a terrible thing. <laughs> yeah, let's see. That, that analogy... Yeah, that analogy goes directly to the men and women who fight the wars, do the battle. After the battle's over and they came home, they're a dropped cup on the ground. Yes, yes. And we've got to get away from that. So, so you know, so what, what are you seeing going on now as far as, you know, policy, legislation? How, how can veterans out here, you know, honor, um, you know, our uh, brothers and sisters who are in the military, who are veterans, who are now, you know, advancing in age, but have served this country across the country, you know, irrespective of race, creed, color, you know, religious denomination, political affiliation. They have served this nation to make it possible for you to be here today um, and not being speaking, you know, some uh, other language from some dictator overseas, (laughs) right? Um, So they, you know, they fought the battles uh, and try to preserve the way of life we have. So um, what things can we do to make sure that we just don't overlook that and just throw it away like a discarded cup? You know, I think it's it's very powerful, that, that image. I, I also think, I mean, it's sort of like they're not them, they're us. What would we want for our families, for our mm-hmm. generations, you know, our fathers, yes. what have you? Our mothers, our sisters, our brothers, what do we want? We want them to be cared for. We don't want them to needlessly suffer, right? Correct. And so the, I, I do believe that there, you know, they used to talk about this sea of goodwill. And there is a, still a sea of goodwill for veterans. And I think there's also a sea of goodwill for seniors. And that needs to grow. And 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 really, I think the programs that are set up for them must have solid supports. They must have the nursing care or the in-home health care. They must have help because these folks need help with navigating, uh, you know, health care, right? You can't just get health care. You have to really, it takes a navigator to get you through the system and get the care you need. Uh, so we have to make sure that these housing programs have the support that, they, that, that makes them houses, homes, and not just uh, isolated units in an SRO. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would go a long way care for those yeah so so how many how many of those that are housed really are in the wrong place they're just housed Mm. because instead of being housed housed in assisted living i know i know veterans that live where we are that really it's inappropriate they need to be in some assisted living type of facility but how do you do that in a system that we live in now yeah. Yeah, and who who pays for it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because we, we so know you have you have this nursing home industry mm-hmm. that you know that is is in so many respects is terribly corrupt, and has really a lot of folks have suffered in that industry. 
Yes. And yet yes. it's an industry that basically we're, we're, you know, some of the, the government is paying extraordinary amounts of money and private citizens as well, uh, you know, compared to what's out there in terms of supportive housing. Yeah. So there has to be a balancing of that, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, I always wondered, you know, with that, with the nursing facilities and, you know, I, I, I've uh, looked at them over the, over the years and was involved with, you know, some of the policy sides and looking at some uh, different issues with them. But I always wondered, you know, we, we always talk about having a uh, police, uh, citizen police review board. Should we have a citizen uh, nursing home and a citizen homelessness review board that really takes people to task? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's something wrong. Catherine, what are you saying? Something wrong. Yeah. And and it's you know the whole idea of someone understanding the military culture and the veteran culture and not just being, you know, a caring for someone who's anonymous. You know, that's very important. Yes. 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 So so I mean, what 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 you know? Where do you think we could make some inroads, or how can veterans get involved in this process? Because all of us, you know, unless unless you're looking at a Wonder uh, Wonder Bread truck coming down the street and think about jumping in front of it, um, <laughs> we're all going to get old, right? <laughs> so right. sooner or later, yeah. all of us are going to be in this situation. And uh, you know, I was I was telling uh, my nephew they were they, they were you know laughing a little bit about well, people are getting older, and I said, yeah. Hopefully you'll get there too. <laughs> so, you know, we, we have to be, um, yeah. you know, cognizant that this is something right. that can affect all of us. And and it, right. and it should affect us all anyway, even if right. we're not in that situation of being homeless. If you're a veteran, if you are a family member of a veteran, if you're a Gold Star family member, you know, please help uh, these veterans who right. are home. Right. 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 Well, we just come through a dark cloud, and I'm not just talking about the COVID. And, um, you know, the hope is, you know, we have to, like, you know, support each other, right? Mm -hmm. And make sure that uh, we have, that the infrastructure talks about humans as infrastructure, people Mm -hmm. who need supports, right? We have an adequate uh, safety net that's not torn apart. That's right. You know, and, you know, when you were just saying that, I just thought, too, is that, you know, we have uh, veterans who are now returning from Afghanistan, you know, there's a, there is a uh, plan to bring people back, withdrawing troops. And it's like, it's not they're coming home. They may be coming to homeless, right? Not coming uh-huh. to homeless, but coming to homeless. And that should never happen. That should never happen, no. You know, what's interesting about that is if you compare the, to the World War II GIs who came home and became homeowners, right? Right. That was a generation that, uh, that, was a home ownership generation and our future generations are become practically a homeless veteran generation. Wow. Yeah. So you have to look at what was done for the world war two veterans compared to what is being done for those who are separated today. Yes. And, and so where, where can people find out more information about this topic? You know, is there a website? Uh, I know that, you know, the NC, HV, but, you know, some phone numbers, some ideas, calling the conference. Catherine, we Catherine are you there? Mm-hmm. Out there, yeah. So I think <laughs> if you want to find <laughs> out more about NCHV, right? Yes. <laughs> you can go online to www.nchv.org. Um, we're also, interestingly enough, starting our annual conference next week. 
We've got a great slate of speakers and educators and experts in the field. And there will be, I know, at least one workshop on serving aging veterans and trying to bridge the gap. Um, We'll have experts from, you know, folks who represent aging associations, providers who are doing really innovative things in their community to try and get the word out around best practices and things that community partners can try to implement in their area. Mm-hmm. But I do want to come back around to something that oh one one thing qu- one, one quick thing, though. Catherine. So people can yeah. sign can sign up for this online, and is it a free mm-hmm. uh, is it a yes. free conference? Yes. Well, or? it's not free, okay. but folks can definitely sign up online to join us, and okay. you know they can come and learn a lot more about veteran homelessness. And we'd absolutely welcome anyone who listens to the show. Okay, to join us. I'd love to do that. <laughs> okay, go go ahead. <laughs> well, so the one other thing that I was just going to add here is that it is really important that all of us collectively demand the type of services for veterans that we would want to see if they were, in fact, our uncles, our aunts, our grandparents, our partners, our children, right? And I often think about the kind of military-civilian divide now that, you know, we are in an era of an all-volunteer military. I think the gap is growing bigger and bigger between what civilians know about veterans in the military and you know, the ways in which they kind of advocate on behalf of veterans. And so I think it is really important, right, for everyone to know that they need to be out there rallying for these people and making sure that VA and other federal programs have the resources that they need to serve them well. Uh, how, how should we do that? Would we go to our con- congressional members, or how, how, what's the best way to advocate? Because I know that there's a there's a federal level, there's a state, then there's a county, then a city. You know, wh- where's the best place to really attack this? Is it more, you know, in your local community, or is it to say do all of them? Right? I, I don't know. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.